0: Carl Wazinski here. You're listening to the
1: Rising as One podcast.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode of the Rising as One podcast. This is Dominic Kearns here with my co-host Kyle Mackey. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing great.
1: Just, you know, still trying to, uh, you know, to just pinch myself from last night because, I mean, what a dream start to the season we had.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. It ended up being a 6 1 win over Timbers 2. And before we get right into the match, one of the talking points was Timbers 2 brought a very young lineup into Phoenix. I think Carl Wozinski uh, tweeted when it was 3 0. They should have known this would happen, bringing their U18s down here. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're not wrong. And, I mean, when you look, you know, at Timbers 2 and, you know, what they are, they're, you know, a very much a developmental side. But I think, you know, this early on, um, to go out there and, and put out this young of a lineup, the coach had to know that, you know, it's going to be tough for these guys to get a result. And against, you know, a club like Phoenix Rising, who's, you know, playing at, at – Great, great level right now. Um, I, I think the coach, you know, he had to be be thinking um, that he was just going to go out there and you know see what they could do. Hopefully, defend and, and maybe get something out of it. But I mean, such a young lineup. I, I mean, we talked about it off air. This goalkeeper was 17 years old. I, I mean, really, really interesting. But um, I mean, that's that's the team that was set on the field, and that's who uh, who Rising got to face.
0: And you know that. Phoenix Rising, after a long preseason, playing MLS opposition, playing uh, GCU, playing a couple of USL squads at the end there, Um, they were ready to go. And the starting 11 that you saw last night was pretty close to your first-tier top 11 guys. You had Lubin and net, Darnell King, and Kanto on the wings. Whelan and Cochran getting the start, which I think I had predicted. Um... Rick Shantz really likes A.J. Cochran back there. And then in the midfield, Kavon Lambert, um, Sam Stanton, and John Baccaro. And then Asante on the right wing, Junior Flemings on the left wing, and Rufat Dadashov up top. What were your thoughts on this lineup?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, this was, I think pretty much the lineup that we all knew we were going to see the the only you no know, surprise for me was seeing Sam Stanton out there um you know being so fresh coming into the team i think maybe he's had a full 90 minutes maybe 120 minutes so far for the rising so to see him start this match was was surprising for me but um i mean all around a very strong lineup like you said and and i the only thing that i was really surprised you know, other than Sam Stan being the lineup, was seeing Santi Moore. Uh, no, not on the 18. But uh, you know, a little investigative research showed that I think he had a knock um, in pre and the end of preseason. And you know, they're just trying to get him back to 100. percent We don't need to you know create an aggravating injury so early on in the season.
0: Absolutely, and and that's important because depth is going to be one of the key things if Phoenix Rising intends to crush the league, and make a U.S. Open Cup run. Everything looks good on paper, but injuries are a nature of the game. Last season, we were very fortunate to not sustain more injuries during the season, but you still want to make sure that that depth is there in the matches that matter. So no need to put more out there, even on the bench, when you're playing a bunch of 18-year-old kids. I mean, I feel bad for that keeper for Timbers, too. That kid was 17 years old. And he had to go up against a team that was just ready to do work. I mean, granted they had that one keeper, Colorado Springs did last year, Abraham Rodriguez, but I don't think Salty has the same potential that Abraham Rodriguez did.
1: No, no, I, I, I most definitely not. I would say we would see, you know, Abraham Rodriguez lining up for the, you know, MLS squad. Much sooner than salty, but on, I mean, to his credit, he did have some good saves last night. Um, I, I think you know it was tough for him. He he had to have known uh, you know after it was you know so so high of a score early on that you know this was going to be a tough night, but. Hopefully, you know, he took, you know, some lessons from this match and he can grow from it. And, you know, his coaches won't be too hard on him, given that, uh, you know, in front of him, he had a lot of inexperience as well And coming up against, as you said, you know, probably one of the most experienced sides in USL right now.
0: Yeah, I just, I'm not sure the thought process on throwing a guy that young into the fire. I mean, he's part of the Timbers Development Academy Um, Hunter Salty. And if he was surrounded by more experienced players like Colorado Springs last year when they surrounded uh, Rodriguez with a lot of guys who had been USL pros, I mean, this Timbers 2 lineup has very few familiar faces, even from last year's Timbers 2 squad.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the key, like you said right there. Uh, Colorado Springs, they still had a lot of experienced players in and around them. This T2 side was, you know, very green, um, not just on their badge, but also, you know, in in their experience on the field. And I I think the coaches, as you said, maybe did set him up a little bit for failure. But, I mean, this is, you know, where you learn those lessons, um, playing, you know, at a top level against the top guys as, you know, an athlete as a professional this kid's going to want to be out there for that and I, like i said hopefully you know he doesn't feel sh- a little shell shocked after this and is able to just dust it off and you know keep training and working cuz uh i mean if if the coaches put him in this early on in the season i'd have to think that he's going to be a regular for them throughout the season but uh, i mean only time's really going to tell if he keeps having six goal performances it's unlikely that they keep him around in the nets
0: yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. But what matters for Phoenix riding is it was already a favorable matchup on paper. Our squad at home to start the season against a non-playoff side last year. And then they come at us with a very youthful lineup. So it didn't take long for Phoenix to get the upper hand here. In the 13th minute, Solomon Asante gets to take a free kick just outside of the box. Uh, very favorable location. His shot was goal-bound, but Solti actually made a good save on it to uh, hit it off the bar. But the rebound goes right in front of the goal for Rufat Dadashov to tap in. He makes no mistake, and the route is already starting to happen. Any thoughts on this goal? I mean,
1: just John Baquero is our free kick taker. <laughs> I mean, this kid. And and this is the beauty of it is he's so precise, so accurate, that even if he's hitting the bar or, you know, the keeper is making a great save, there's a rebound to be had. And, and we talked about it off air. Dadashov's positioning has just been amazing so far through preseason and in this first match. He's right there just to, you know, tap that ball in. And like you said, the route was on at this point. I think it was like the 13th minute. And uh, when rising goes up that early, I mean, you have to think, you know, especially last night with the energy the crowd was bringing, there was there was so many goals, um, and, and this was just the first of many.
0: Yeah, no doubt about there being more goals ahead after that. I don't think anyone was thinking, oh, man, we're going to sit back for a while now that we're up 1-0. One note, though, it was Solomon Asante on that free kick. Oh, it was? Okay. Well, I yeah, still corrected and- them. And so That's that was that was my takeaway. Encouraging was encouraging to see exactly that it was encouraging to see Solo um, put a great free kick in there and and look fans should know that he's capable of it too. Everyone remembers the winner against San Antonio last year, um, but it was it was refreshing to see him do that in a game situation and you know create a great chance out of it. It was very Becaro esque. Um, And then we don't have to wait too much longer because in the 24th minute, um, what a ball. And Kyle, I want you to tell me a little bit about the ball before the ball that sets up this goal. Because I think we need to give credit to both passes that set this up.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, watching the highlights. Um, this was the one thing that really, really stood out to me is, yeah, Corey Wheelan collects the ball and just quickly looks to shift. He sees, you know, this Timbers two side is, is very far on the left side of the field, shifts the ball out wide to the right to Solomon Asante. I mean, this is probably at least a 40, 50 yard pass that just cuts through the grass. Get straight onto to Solomon Asante's boot. And then from there, I mean, this is just Solomon Asante's bread and butter. Tearing down the wing, puts in a great curling ball. And, I mean, Dadashov, just there to finish. And this goal right here, I think this is what defenses are really, really going to have to worry about. If we're beating you out wide and Asante's getting these crosses in, Dadashov is a proven finisher now and and this is I mean this is going to be something that we could easily get, you know, 10-15 goals off of this kind of play alone this season.
0: Yeah, I mean the the pinpoint accuracy on both those balls and I think it's something that Phoenix Rising under Rick Shants since early in the last season they've really had a good emphasis on great passing. Not just passes that get from point A to point B, but passes that put the uh, attacking player in stride that set them up to succeed. Um, and we've seen, you know, last year some great exchanges where opponent opposing defenses were just flummoxed because we're able to thread balls through. And these passes are a perfect manifestation of all that time on the training ground, all that emphasis on great possession giving people good balls to set it up you know whelan's ball hits solo right in stride solo's ball hits rufat right in stride and because the balls are so pinpoint that allows the next step to happen cleaner than it would and you know we're up two nil rufat makes no mistake there. classy finish but you won't see a guy get you know two easier goals than that i mean I, I used to play as a striker back in the day, and those are the chances you dream of because you don't even have to do much. You just have to put your foot on the ball. <laughs>
1: you're You're absolutely right. And but the thing is, I mean, I've seen many of strikers who put this ball up and over the goal. Just, you know, out of the pressure, their eyes get big in the moment. But um, I, I mean, as you said, just perfectly executed. And the one other thing that I want to, you know, just touch on real quick is as Whelan's receiving this ball from, I believe this is Flemings on the, in the midfield who passes it back to Whelan. John baquero is calling out to where for where to Whelan put the ball, he points straight to Solomon Asante because Baccaro has the vision and sees this. So you know, even though Baccaro doesn't touch the ball here, I think his creativity, you know, and his vision for the game helps, you know, encourage his teammates where to go with the ball. He directs Whelan, and I mean, this is just beautiful. Like you said, Rick Shaunce has been working on this. This is Phoenix Rising football
0: at its finest. Rising football at its finest. Absolutely. Um, and again, we don't have to wait much longer for another goal because Phoenix keeps the pressure on. Junior Flemings had a shot that missed, but not by too much. Um, Sam Sten had a shot that missed. And then in the 31st minute, Junior Flemings makes the Timbers' defense look like just comically bad. It's a pretty hilarious run by him. You know, there's just a passing sequence in the middle – Stanton gets it to Flemings. Two defenders run into each other. (laughs) He goes. I I was just about to say that. And then, uh, and then the other defender is scared, and the keeper has no chance. And Flemings is able to just roll the ball to the near post. Um, You know, any young kids that are playing soccer watching this, you don't have to do too much every time when you're striking the ball. Sometimes. Just roll it in a, in a direction that the keeper isn't expecting, put it on target, and good things happen. And this is a trademark Fleming's goal. Working inside from the left wing on his right foot, he's going to do that every time. He's going to make no mistake there, and 3-0 uh, right there. Sam yeah. Stanton gets credited for the assist, too, which is good for him, but it may be a little generous.
1: Yeah, I mean, Fleming's does a lot, a lot of individual work. But I mean, you know, credit to Sam Stanton finding Fleming's there. I think you know that's that's a good pass by him. Good eyes to be able to you know work the ball into Fleming's like right there. He must know you know have seen Fleming's and how he works in tight space. Um, But I mean, yeah, really, this is you know three or four defenders that just you know completely just kind of lose their minds for a few seconds there. And it's is, I mean, Flemings is gonna always, always cut to that right and finish this way. And uh, I mean, this is, as you said, bread and butter. And three nil at thirty minutes in. Really, at this point, I was thinking, I mean, this could be seven nil. I mean, this this match had the writings on it of a rout. And uh, I mean, it really was interesting. But we had a little bit of drama before half.
0: Yeah, we talked about this off air just. And, and before before Timbers 2 scored this, Phoenix continued to pile on pressure. There were, between that third goal and halftime, you know, there were one, two, three, four, five shots after that. Rufat Dadashov hit the bar on a shot in the 33rd minute. And then uh, there was like a second chance that didn't happen there, but... Phoenix was really going for it. I mean, there was no, there was no quit there. There was another sequence where the ball was bouncing around, and if anyone got the right foot on it, it would have been a goal. But, um, but then in in stoppage time, there's three minutes of stoppage time, and it just looked like the marking was off. Um, there was a unmarked Timbers two player in the box, and you know the the runner. For Timbers 2 was able to get past Kanto's challenge, keep the ball on that uh, wing, and then just play it into the unmarked man. Rufat tried to cover for someone, but he couldn't get there in time. So Pablo Bonilla puts the ball in. Uh, Tomas Konechny puts it in. And those are actually two of the the names I do remember seeing on Timbers 2 last year. So they had a couple guys that knew what they were doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is, I think, you know, this is a goal that I'm not too upset seeing so early, you know, in the season, in the first match, these kinds of, you know, miscommunications and, and you know, not every player getting back they are supposed to, that's, you know, it's going to happen at times. Um, unfortunate that Dadashov isn't able to, you know, make it back there. He had a stellar first half. Other than that, but like you said, I don't think he's necessarily at fault. I think you know That's he was just the last guy there and was That's a little bit late, and and trying. the goal happens with him, you know, standing behind the ball. But um, really, this was you know, this was a goal that I'm not I'm not too too upset seeing because I know this will be corrected in the training ground. This will be worked on a lot this week on what to do in that situation, how to defend as a unit. Um, So maybe gave Timbers two a little bit of hope. And I mean, you know, when it's three, one at half, it's not, you know, as sweet and as much of a hill to climb as three nil. But uh, I, I mean, I don't think there was many people that would have thought, Oh no, this is, you know, risings having, you know, old monsters creep back in. And this is going to be a, be a tough match throughout. I think I still had a feeling that there was many more goals to come for rising.
0: Yeah. And I just want to say that's not Rufat's fault at all. He was actually trying to do an above and beyond play and cover for someone else who blew it. I, it was hard to say who was at fault. Um, but the guy got lost at that back post and, and he made a good finish. So we get into halftime up three, one, like you're saying, I think everyone's still thinking we're well on our way to victory and there will be more goals in this match. Um and then in the second half, you know, rising had a couple breakaways, and I was actually a little frustrated at Junior Flemings on a couple of these because he could have just gone at goal himself, and I think he was trying to be too unselfish and get Asante on the score sheet because he already had his goal, Asante had not. Um But I I do feel like one or two of these, Fleming's just should have just he should have just taken it himself and beaten the keeper one on one. Instead, he got fancy and tried to play it to Asante on the wing. Um, I think one shot was saved. You know, there was another chance where they weren't able to get a shot off, and you know those should have been goals. But minor nits to pick when you're up three one. You know
1: yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. It's one of those things that if it's if it's one zero or one one, you know you're you're questioning Flemings and you're saying, you know, take the shot yourself. Uh, but, but uh, I can't blame him for wanting to get, you know, get solo involved and get him, you know, on the scoring sheet with his own goal not just an assist so um, I mean this you know the connection between those two guys has been great it's great to see Flemings be unselfish in those moments because you you see there's no ego there but it's also you know you want him to have maybe a little bit of chip and, and get those finishes but um, I think I think this is one of those things that again when you're up so when you're up by you know two goals it's, you know, everyone's trying to get a goal. We're trying to spread the love. And and uh, it's it's one of those things that I think maybe Rick will talk to, to Flemmo about it and say, you know, you don't always have to, you know, share the love with, with Solo. Get, go out there and get yourself a brace and then start to uh, start to move the ball around for your teammates. But, I mean, no matter what, I think it's great to see us getting in these spots, getting these opportunities. And, um, I mean, we already had found our, our – good goals that night. I think on another night, we get lucky and and finish a couple more of those right there.
0: Yeah, but I mean, then we had a couple squeaky ones at the end there that, you know, kind of evened everything out, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what you could say is, you know, when when you're talking about these last two goals that or I guess, yeah, yeah, the last two goals that go in for Rising, especially you know the fifth one. Um, I mean, definitely a bit of luck coming into play there. But I mean, they all count the same once they cross the line.
0: Exactly. Uh, well, let's let's get to the goal that really iced this game for Phoenix, because at three one, you know you're still. If it got to three two, then you'd be like, hmm, this could get interesting now. This might be game on. But um, instead phoenix keeps attacking and this time they are rewarded for it solo asante on that right wing just so dynamic yesterday and in the 65th minute <clears throat> he again finds rufa just making a great run um it seemed like both defenders there were giving those players way too much space um poor man marking but you know if you give Solo that space to put a ball in and you give Rufat that space to uh, be the first guy on it, that's going to be a goal.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, for me, you know, it's it's in a lot tighter space than, you know, that first goal or the second goal that Dadashov scores. Um, but, I mean, this is, this is going to be... I mean, all day for these two. This is how it's going to play. Asante is going to be able to beat guys out on the wing, put in that perfect curling cross that he's mastered, and, and Dadashov's there to clean up. The, for me, this is the most difficult of finishes that he has on the night. This ball's coming in with a lot of pace, and, I mean, we see this a lot, that a defender you know, tries to get their foot too high under it, tries to actually kick at the ball rather than redirect it and sends it howling over. So Dadashov is just calm, cool, collected, let the ball just flick off his foot, And it goes into the net. Um, I mean, really, I was so pumped for the guy. I mean, a hat trick on your debut uh, in a new country, uh, just amazing. And really, I hope, you know, this was the the homecoming, or I guess the welcoming that he would have dreamed of. And and this should just be, you know, the start for Rufat Dadashov. I expect to see a lot of great things from
0: him coming this year. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, how many times have we talked about. You know, guys getting a brace but not getting the full hat trick. Even last season, all the records, all the wins, no one on Phoenix Rising had a hat trick last season. And Rufat in his first game, I think that might have been the first hat trick in um, in Phoenix Rising history.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I some I saw somebody saying on Twitter that Chris Cortez might have had one back in 2018, but I can't. I can't find that, so I'd have to look through, you know, the the annals of Phoenix Rising history. But, um, man, regardless of where there is another hat trick in Phoenix Rising history, I can tell you they didn't do it on their debut on the first game of the season at home. So, um, I mean, it's just amazing. And, you know, to see see him get off so early scoring – Two of his, you know, three goals in the first 25 minutes. Um, this put to rest any concerns of, you know, him in the preseason not having that finishing touch. Being in great positions, but not, you know, being able to con- convert into goals. Um, it's it's going to be awesome. And the one thing I think, you know, is now the other teams in the league, in the West especially, they're going to see, uh, who is this guy? You know, he just got a hat trick. We have rarely seen any film on him. They're going to be studying him to a T. But if other teams, you know, want to put two guys on Datashov, that's just going to create more space for our guys out on the wing and in the midfield. So, I mean, he's just going to be such a huge asset, and to see it already paying dividends, it's it's exciting. And I just hope we can get to get as much return as possible.
0: Yeah, well, we're definitely on our way so far. Um, this match. This match um, kind of slows down towards the end. Couple substitutions. Jose Aginaga comes on for Sam Stanton, who um, again had a pretty impressive debut. Got the assist on Junior Fleming's goal, um, and then Aginaga had a pretty good play himself on the fifth goal. Um, able to muscle past a defender, put a ball into the box, and you know Lagos Kunga gets a very cheeky goal. He's another guy that came on late. Um, So Jordan Schweitzer comes on in the 78th minute for Baccaro. And then um, Lagos Kunga comes on for Rufod Um, later on. I think that was, yeah, that was real late at the 86th minute. And so it didn't take much time for Kunga to get involved. Kind of a, kind of a, Greasy goal, as people in hockey would say. The ball goes through. I think the ball hits Kunga. Maybe it deflects off a defender too because it had some weird spin on it and uh, it just trickled over the line. But they all count the same debut goal for Kunga as a super sub like we talked about in our season preview. And then moments later, Asante finally gets his. Flemings once again gives him the ball. And Asante... Trademark uh, shot from the right wing where he just drives it across the face of goal. Maybe a better keeper saves it, but um, Salty can just get a hand to it, and the power was too much, so it goes in, and the match ends six one. Any thought on those last two goals? Uh, I mean, just just great to see you know Phoenix sticking with it,
1: not you know giving up. Um, it's one thing that I know has been preached to this team you gotta play the full 90. so I mean great great for kunga I think you know like you said, very greasy goal um, but he's you know he's there he's the body making his presence felt even though he's got that small frame and I mean great to get that goal hopefully, you know this one is you know one of his uglier goals of the season because that beauty he had in preseason. Um, was was something else so and then the Asante goal like you said i mean this is nothing new this is what asante has done i mean i i specifically remember like two or three times where asante had that same same goal last season but i'd um, great to see him get his goal finally get his confidence up as well i mean all in all i mean this bo- this game i mean it checked all the boxes you come out injury free you get the three points I mean we have the one goal but I think as we talked about it's a good learning lesson they'll look back at the film and they'll be able to pick apart okay who who missed it who should have been here who should have been there so I mean all in all man this is an amazing home opener an amazing match and and one that you know Phoenix Rising fans should should really you know be thankful of because I, I wonder how often we're gonna get this much of a route this season this is a great team but the opposition was was just not on our level
0: no it was you know I saw some people saying that you know two teams that treat matches like that should uh, should go down to league one and I think there is I think there is some uh, I agree with that to some extent Um because it's not the best look for the league when when a team that young goes in and just gets demoralized. But, hey, look, we did what we needed to do and we crushed them. And we're going to have a great couple of contests coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that we are, and that's, I mean, you know, people saying that, you know, this team is going to, you know, ruin the league again, and we're going to, you know, go the whole season undefeated, I I don't know if I can jump to those conclusions yet, you have to look at, you know, the opponent who you played, Um, but this is going to be great, you know, great confidence builder, this, you know, reminds me very much of, you know, how a lot of the college football teams start off the season, you play a team that's clearly not on your level. But, I mean, this should get us pumped up and, like you said, ready for these next two contests that we have where we play some real quality opposition. Um, it's it's going to be fun. But all in all, amazing match, and I just can't wait. You know, the season started off with such a bang, and I'm ready for more.
0: Definitely. Definitely agree there. Um, well... Let's get to previewing. Well, actually, before we preview the uh, the Monarchs match next week, let's just talk about a couple stats from this match. Phoenix Rising with 31 shots and 14 shots on target. What do you have to say about those numbers? Those are just insane numbers. 64% possession.
1: I mean it, those are some Man City numbers and and you know Rick Shaunce has made those those you know connections the parallels before and and you're starting to see them. I think you know with that second Daddishaw goal that's a very you know Premier League high level goal that you see wheeling to Solo to Dadashov. and then as well with the, the stats I mean 30 goals 14 on I mean it, you know it's it's less than 50% but when you're having that many <laughs> Shots being taken, um, I mean, you're just seeing results from it hitting, you know, hitting the frame and their shots being, you know, on target. They're gonna find the way through eventually, and I, I, amazing. But like I said, I think you know you can't read too much into these stats because once again, it's you have to consider who we play, and if if we're still doing this, you know, in in four weeks, I'll I'll be you know floored but but also you know ecstatic.
0: <laughs> I I will say one thing about this match, though. I feel a little bit bad about... I feel a little bad for Vicaro and I'm sure he's going to give Kev Lambert some ribbing because he had such a beautiful ball on that one for, like, around the 70th minute. Like, such a great curl on that. And Kev was, like, right there, and the header just missed hitting the back of the net, just wide of the post. But Kev probably won't get many easier chances than that this season. So I'm sure Becerra is gonna ribbon for that.
1: I mean, yeah, you have to. I mean, he kept him, he got both of them off the score sheet, and um, but it, right there, I mean, it was great service, and that's the thing, you know, to see that happening. We know the connections there. I think with time, you know, that play will come. But uh, yeah, like you said, Lambert's not gonna get many easier chances than that. And, and, you know, many more opportunities, I think, in the box. He, he's, you know, with Dadashov becoming the presence that he is, uh, it's going to be tougher for Lambert to work his way up into the box. But when he does, he needs to finish those opportunities. But, uh, I mean, you can't knock the guy too much. The hair was looking great last night.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be more of a fun thing. You can laugh about those when it's a blowout. And, right, uh, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what it was. So. Uh, well, at that point, I think we can move towards looking ahead to next week so next week we're going to go up against Real Monarchs rematch of the match that decided the Four Corners Cup last season that they won on our home field also a rematch of the Western Conference semifinal which they won on our home field but now we get to play on their home turf where we enjoyed a famous Buck Carroll goal and a 4-2 comeback win last season um it's going to be you know, an afternoon match. I think at 2 o'clock kickoff local time. Yeah, 2 p.m. kickoff local time. Um, I don't know what the weather's going to be like up there, but definitely colder than what we're used to and definitely more altitude than what we're used to. So it'll be an interesting challenge. Um, Monarchs lost to San Antonio 1-0 yesterday. And Noah Powder picked up a red card in the third minute of stoppage time. So that's actually a key loss for them. He will not be available for Monarchs next Saturday.
1: Yeah, I, I was unaware of that, but that is that is going to be a huge loss for them. Powders, you know, been one of their mainstay players for, for the past couple seasons. So he's, he's going to be sorely missed. Yeah, for me, you know, these matches, you know, these midday matches, they're always a little bit weird. For me, but I'm I'm expecting to see you know a quality, very similar lineup to what we had um, last night. And excuse me, really, man, this this team they should be fired up. There shouldn't be much that Rick Schauntz has to say, even to the newcomers. They'll know the history by now. They they will have known of what happened. Maybe they'll go back and, you know, rewatch some of the film and, and see, you know, uh, the distraught and despair on our players last season at the end of those matches. Um, but I mean, there should be no need for, you know, any motivational speeches by any of the guys. They all know what they need to go up there and do. Uh, and, you know, we talked about it in the preseason, um, preview that, uh, I mean, this Monarchs team. I I don't think they're as strong as last year, but they will be strong defensively. Still, uh, they had, I think, a decent match against San Antonio. I think you know they were unfortunate to to not be able to get a result, but uh, I think that also San Antonio could have put a lot a lot more on them, and you know we're kind of unlucky to only come away with a one nil. Um, but I think playing in the elevation is one thing that's going to go against us, but these guys hopefully will you know have been working on their fitness regiment and will uh, you know be up to up to the task
0: yeah I'm actually I'm actually checking out the highlights right now I mean this would be a good match to rewatch. watch um, you know just for anyone who's curious about our opponents in next two weeks you know we're playing monarchs next Saturday and then San Antonio the following week so um, definitely will be a good match to watch but you know, I think I think Monarchs players will be ready to go too, especially coming off of a loss. Now they'll get to play on their home pitch. Um, and another interesting storyline from this match, with Powder being out on the red card, it could open up a chance for Devin Vega to get a start. Um, Devin Vega, of course, part of that 2018 Western Conference Championship team, but he only had one cap for Phoenix at the USL Championship level last season. Um... And then he, he had some great goals for Tucson last year, but um, there are certainly you know some things that people don't really talk about in public much, but um, some questions about his mentality maybe. Maybe he felt that Rick Shantz uh, wasn't giving him the opportunities and, and whatnot, um, but for whatever reason he fell out of favor and now he'll have a chance, and I imagine he would at least come on as a sub in that match.
1: Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, if if you're the Monarchs coach, you'll you'll know that there's got to be a little bit of fire, you know, in his belly to, to play against his former club and, and you know show show us that he he still has it and he could have you know worked his way into the first team. But um, really, I think this should be a scrappy game. I, I expect it to be relatively low scoring. I, I don't expect it to you know get up into the three or four goal range i expect it to be tight um but i mean crazy things have happened and you mentioned the buck carroll goal for me the start to the match is going to be key in that match we were down two nil early on i think in like the by like the 15th or 20th minute we were down to zero so for me it's going to be able to you know can we go out there can we weather the storm early possibly get a first half goal and then you know just just kind of pick this team apart and grind out Um, I think, you know, this match is at the perfect time. I really like going up there and seeing, you know, a a semi difficult away environment Um, early on in the season. It'll be a great test for the boys. And I think, you know, doing it before San Antonio somewhere that will be, you know, more difficult to play as far as the fan environment. um, It should be good.
0: Yeah, I mean, one thing that's nice about uh, playing up in San Antonio so early in the season is that the grass is still relatively decent. It doesn't become a sandbox like it is in July (laughs) and August, um, as we've seen in recent seasons. So that's a little bit of a break. Um, And then, you know, playing up in Salt Lake, yeah, it might be a little bit cold, but it's also early enough in the season where you get that good test and the guys are motivated and, and maybe... Monarchs is still figuring things out right now, so it's a good time to play them. You might remember they had a slow start last season before really turning it on starting in September and just crushing the league from that point.
1: Yep. Yep. And that's kind of been, you know, that's kind of been one thing that that you see, I think, with these these two teams, Monarchs being included in that is they they kind of have a slower start to the season um, just because, you know, they're taking the players from the first team, not necessarily having signings that they're able to have all preseason. So there's going to be, you know, that little bit of period where they're, you know, getting their game together. So perfect time to play them. And uh, you know, hopefully Rising's able to go up there and and come away with three points and you know get that first win of the the Four Corners Cup.
0: I'm usually not too bullish on on away matches like this against tough opposition, but I really think we can get the job done. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one, give them a taste of their own medicine. <sighs>
1: That's literally the scoreline I was thinking was 2-1. And like I said, I think it's going to be a close game, maybe a 3-2 maybe, but I I just I don't really see that. I think both teams are going to, you know, try and play tough defensively, but I mean until we see, you know, the the 11 that's out there and how the match starts um, we won't know for sure but yeah i think i think a 2-1 maybe even a 1-0 scoreline i hope not those are the worst they scare the shit out of me but uh, i mean i think i think 2-1 or you know 3-2 i think either one of those will be fair i think the margins will be will be fairly thin but i do like phoenix's chances in this match
0: so i think that'll do it for our, our monarchs preview Um, interesting USL scores around the league. A lot of close matches. What was one match that stuck out to you? I mean, the
1: one that really stuck out to me, especially, um, was you see this... (laughs) Colorado Springs coming back and getting that win. Um, Well, they were up early and then they go to 1-1 and I really thought, you know, on the road... With this team that, you know, a mixed bag, we don't know what we're going to get from Colorado Springs. For them to go on the road and get the win, um, I think it was like with 20 minutes left that they're able to score. It was a little bit surprising for me that they're able to go out there and get that result. I think, you know, in years past, we see this Colorado Springs OKC match end 1-1. I don't think either one of these teams used to, you know, be able to go out there and, and get this late win, but uh, Colorado Springs does it off of an own goal, so unfortunate for OKC. But for me, that was a surprising result, you know. And then as well, um, I don't know if you saw this one, but Sacramento giving up a goal, I think in the 79th minute to Tulsa, and FC Tulsa able to get the one one draw in in Sacramento at Papa Murphy's Park. That's a really big result for you know a t- a team that's. I'll consider them to be a a newly expanded
0: club, almost. Yeah, I mean, it's it's both of those teams, a lot of talk in the offseason. And they really wanted to send a message to the league that they're actually coming for the playoffs this year. They're not going to be pushovers like they've been in years past. And I think that it is good to shine a light on those two matches, that Colorado Springs, even with the own goal, is able to secure a big win on the road. Um, and, and it's how they do it too, because they're at, once you see it go to one, one and OKC gets that recent goal and it's at home, I think in years past, they would have just been playing for that draw, but they find a way to get that win. Um, and so that, that could be the start of something good happening there, or it could just be a fluke. You know, to me, this could also be, look, OKC might just not be good this season. Um, I was very down on them in their in the preseason preview, and losing to Colorado Springs at home isn't a good way to change that narrative. Yeah, yeah, you're
1: you're spot on there. That's the one thing that you know is this, you know. Is this a big comeback for for Colorado Springs? And does this show more about them, or does this show more about you know OKC and you know their frailty um, as a team? Uh, only time will tell. But I just I just thought you know them going out and getting a result in the first match of the season on the road. It's never easy. And uh, I mean, as as we said, a team that you know there's been a decent amount of talk about. Great to see that. And great to see Tulsa. That that I think is maybe a little bit more impressive. Going to Sacramento, only conceding one goal and getting at getting a draw. Um, I mean, I know as a rising fan, going to Sacramento and, and getting a draw is always respectable. So for Tulsa to do it, and you know, in their first match as FC Tulsa, I think that's great. And you know, both of these teams, as you said, are are in the in the playoffs right now. So uh, <laughs> they've met their goal in week one.
0: Um. Another team that can't feel too bad about their week one performance is Las Vegas Lights. You know, going on the road, tough match in San Diego. And maybe it's good that they played San Diego this early in the season. But they're able to get a 1-1 draw. And the goal from this match for Vegas, Junior Burgos, who was just announced this week um, as an El Salvadorian national, he put this ball in. From 40 yards out, just on a one-time hit. And, oh my goodness. Imagine if the first goal scored at the Phoenix Rising Soccer Complex was that. Because that's how it went down for San Diego yesterday. This will be goal of the week for sure. I mean, unbelievable finish. But, uh, you know, San Diego is able to get the equalizer from Charlie Adams. But only three shots and one shot on target for San Diego. Scoring could be an issue for them. Um, Yeah, yeah,
1: and that's – so I I watched, you know, just watched the highlights on it before we did the pod. And, um, you know, looking back, I think San Diego's, you know, maybe a bit lucky to come out with a draw. I think Las Vegas had a few good chances that they could have finished the game and iced it at the end. Um, So really, you know, lucky that they were able to get the draw. But for them, get the draw in your home opener, that's still a great result i mean as you said i think for las vegas i would be kind of disappointed um they did get the point but i think they had an opportunity to get three big road points here and and just their lack of you know clinical finishing cost them big because i think you know san diego while they did put up a good fight i don't think they would have been able to uh to keep out um some of these other top teams in the western conference in uh uh, you know it's gonna be fun. I know we play San Diego here in like the next month, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this squad's about.
0: yeah, it'll be it'll be a good test. I mean, I imagine they would just have to be very defensive against us. Um, it's certainly a respectable roster, but there are some question marks. Um, and there there isn't a ton of star power. There's a lot of quality players but the only star i would really say is you know like greenspan in defense and maybe charlie adams towards the top the rest are just like you know guys that definitely should start in usl but not really spectacular
1: yeah yeah i'm in agreement with you that's the one thing i've i've observed just from you know looking at this team and their lineup but uh I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Possibly they're able to bring someone in, you know, midway through the season that is uh, is more recognizable.
0: Um, and then the other matches we see from Friday, um, Tacoma Defiance gets the early lead on Reno, but then Reno comes back with three second-half goals to get the 3-1 victory there. And then, Kyle, do you want to talk about the OC El Paso match?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this OCL Paso match, it was, you know, it was an exciting match. I think both of these teams, I think, are, you know, playoff teams um, this year. I really, you know, think that El Paso is going to be very tough defensively. I think the reason that this match ends 0-0 and not, you know, 2-0 to uh, Orange County is Logan Ketterer. That guy had had an amazing match, had two or three huge saves um, that kept El Paso in this. And, you know, while it's not an attractive scoreline um, to be, you know, the the first match of the season, I think it was still a good result for both of these teams um, neither one's conceded going into the season. The one thing I will say is Thomas Edvold, Edvoldson, he looked a little bit rusty. He had a couple really good chances that I think, you know, in his previous form, he would have finished it, but it's also promising for, for Orange County fans that he's getting in these spaces, getting these opportunities. Cause I mean, once that guy starts hitting the back of the net, um, he's going to be another clinical finisher in the Western conference.
0: Yeah, that's another match where maybe you're feeling good about getting them, that one out of the way if you're El Paso.
1: Um, oh, Catching yeah. them Big before time. they're
0: really into their top gear. Yep, yep. That's
1: the one thing I would say is, I mean, you can't, you can't really be too disappointed going on the road to a team that, you know, we've projected to be one of the top two in the Western Conference this season in Orange County. Um, to go there, not concede a goal, um, and just g- grind out a result it's tough but you know it's it's a great time to play in Orange County right now the weather is perfect there so they'll be happy to, to get this one you know in the rear view and and be looking towards next week but uh I mean I'm I'm just very you know disappointed there wasn't any goals there but like I said without Logan Ketter and that I think Orange County gets a couple
0: yeah. yeah so that rounds up the Western Conference this week LA Galaxy goes on the road. Uh, Los Dose goes on the road to play RGV today that could be a good chance for RGV to get off to a strong start which doesn't happen for them too often Um, but maybe they could push for the playoffs and get things started uh, with a big win so we're not going to go through the whole Western Conference standings because there's literally just been one round of games but Phoenix Rising is atop the table with a plus 5 goal difference um, and New Mexico is second from the bottom after losing. So we're in a good spot so far. Man, it's
1: amazing when you're looking at this table. I mean, I was, you know, laughing at it um, before we recorded. Just, you know, looking at the teams that, you know, aren't in the playoffs right now and uh, a couple teams that are and just saying, you know, they should enjoy it now because uh, it's probably not going to last in the next couple weeks.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, you know, a couple interesting league stories that happened this week before we get to Phoenix Rising News to wrap things up. So Las Vegas announces that they're going to have a new jersey for every home match this season. Um, oh, my God. Cringe. They <laughs> Even by Vegas standards. And, and I'm, I'm someone that supports, like, innovative ideas. Oh, yeah. It's, it's not always easy to get fans out there, especially when the product isn't the best. But if you have a new home jersey every match, what is your team's identity?
1: That's See, that's the thing. That's the biggest problem is is you're going to have, you know, these locals who are going to be, I don't know, what, are they going to have the new jersey available for sale at, at the game every week? Because it's going to be so confusing to, you know, the the non consistent supporter and, and the person who's just interested and sees, you know, these people walking around the strip and Las Vegas in these jerseys. And they're going to wonder, you know, what the hell is this? What, what is this Jersey? And, and, and you know, I really think, you know, they're putting themselves um, in a dangerous situation. I have seen, you know, a few rising fans that are talking about pooling some money together to try and get us that winning uh design Jersey. <laughs> but, but I mean, man, I, I, I'm with you. I'm all for innovative ideas and, you know, trying to get yourself out there. Even, I don't think, you know, the midnight match, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's not great, but I get it in Las Vegas. It makes sense. And, but it's, and it's in just, July,
0: too. Like, it actually is really yeah.
1: hot during the summer. That's not Yeah, bad. exactly. But this, I mean, there's a reason no team in the world has done this.
0: <laughs> it's
1: moronic. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, you're better off dropping cash from a helicopter, I'll just tell you that.
0: At least uh, that's, like, kind of a fun thing, and it doesn't really impact, like, the team's brand and, like, what people think of when they think of Las Vegas Lights. Like, you're going to have a different shirt every match. Like, that's just... That totally cheapens everything. But
1: Yeah, uh, it, I mean, this is... What sucks is like, this is like peak minor league, <laughs> you know, this is like something that you see, oh, what is it? There's some team in Alabama and they're like the trash pandas. This is what you see, you know, from those types of teams. This isn't, you know, this is, it's just kind of disappointing. And as you said, it, it speaks a lot about, you know, what, what their aspirations are to be just the gimmick club of the league and and it sucks. But uh, I mean, it's also fun to point to point and laugh at, so
0: right um other interesting things tim howard is going to be a owner slash player for memphis now um he negotiated a contract with himself apparently because he (laughs) is playing for memphis um he conceded four goals in their opener which they lost
1: I, I was just gonna bring that up. They they were up 2-0 in like I think like the seventeenth minute or something, and then uh, concede four to Indy. So, um, gonna be very interesting to see. You know, for both of these teams, I think it says a lot about Indy, and they're not gonna give up, and they're a very talented squad. And and for Memphis, that uh, I mean, they're gonna have to do better. And I mean, on some of those Tim Howard on those goals. Um, I mean, Tim Howard was, you know, kind of in no man's land, but it's also, uh, you definitely see that he's feeling it up in age and, uh, I, I'm curious to see what their secondary, uh, keeper options are.
0: Well, I think that's actually it. Like they just don't have depth at goalie. I think the guys that they have have been like backups at the championship level and that's it. Um, or maybe they have like a guy on loan from, um, MLS or something like, that like a two-team kind of guy. But someone was saying that their depth was very limited, and they believe that's why he actually did sign up to play.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one less player contract they probably have to pay.
0: (laughs) Oh, are you kidding me? He's paying himself a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. He probably negotiated himself to uh, one of the higher... Higher wages on the team, man, it, it sucks because I mean it's not the situation that you you want you know him to be coming in for. It would have been better you know had they made this this big announcement and that he was going to be the goalie from the get go. Um, but I mean it's it's nice that he's able to step up and and fill those you know shoes out of necessity. But it's uh it's going to be tough. Hopefully for him it was you know a little bit of rust. I know he hasn't played in at least over a year so. It's uh it's going to be interesting for both of those teams. I, I really like I said I think Indy, you know, when they were down 2-0 early on, I think a lot of people had to have been asking, you know, what what's going on right now? And uh but they they surely came back and great result for them.
0: Yeah, and I think one other thing that'll be interesting to track this year's performance of the Miami FC. Um, not the hottest start for them. They lose four one at St. Louis. Um, it was a closer game than that till two goals in the last 15 minutes, but um, you know, maybe they aren't the hot shot team that a lot of people thought they would be. Just something that we'll have to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean if if you want to compare these two results, I mean Indy, I know they kept a core group of players and just improved upon the squad from last year this the miami fc is is you know a lot of change a lot of new guys a lot of new faces so it's it's going to take time um you know when when teams come into the league like this but uh i still think they're you know in the east they're one of the most talented squads and it'll be interesting but i mean big result from st louis And, you know, they are one club that in the East, I think, that have been underrated, and I expect them to, you know, be up in that conversation of uh, top five, top six this season in the East.
0: Yeah, we will see. Um, So, kind of to wrap this thing up, there were a couple big Phoenix Rising uh, news stories off the pitch. The biggest one being that Phoenix Rising gets announced as a usa development academy club um this will allow i'll have to look at the full press release because i'm not the best person to explain this stuff i think joseph lowry would be a better person to uh to kind of go into depth and explain the significance of this um He said a couple notes on this announcement. This is big for Phoenix Rising and for the future of soccer in Arizona. This DA program is in addition to the ECNL partnership that Rising already has in place. And Phoenix Rising's DA players will play for free. Um, Steve Cook will be the director of the Phoenix Rising Development Academy. And the press release noted that he had that same position in Colorado with the Rapids getting their development academy started.
1: Yeah, so so I got our pl- press release pulled up real quick and and so what it says right here is All professional academy teams will be fully integrated and developed alongside the Phoenix Rising professional team and will be immersed in the same winning culture, core values, and professional standards of excellence. Identification events and training of the professional academy will be conducted at our soccer complex. So basically what I see this as is, you know, it's going to be, you know, our, you know, youth teams, our academy teams are going to be playing in the same way that, you know, our first team's playing. And we'll see something like, you know, the Red Bulls Academy to where all throughout you see the Red Bulls, to play that very tough, pressing, fast style of play. Um, I mean, this is huge. This, I think, you know, this is major, major news for, you know, soccer in the Valley and for any kids that are looking to play professionally. I mean, you have a clear pathway now. You have a club that that you you dream for playing for. So I mean this is going to be amazing and I really am looking forward to seeing the talent that you know we're able to uh, produce over the next 5 to 10 years.
0: And I think another thing that hasn't been explored as much is this is a great well there are two there are two things that come from this. One is Phoenix Rising now becomes a much more attractive destination for young players in the valley because before you would be looking okay well what is the clearest path to pro? Probably playing in the Monarchs Academy or the Barcelona Academy. Those are the those are the places that'll give you the most exposure um, to potentially be signed by other top level clubs, um, whether in the U.S. or elsewhere. Now you could have a homegrown guy play in the developmental academy and potentially get a huge transfer fee from a humongous club in the U.S. or abroad. You could get. You know, if there was ever this Christian Pulisic-like talent out there, that kid could get a $10 million transfer fee at age 16. That's just not something that even was a possibility before. And now that possibility is there where this kid could get um, playing time with the U.S. uh, under 17s, under 15s, and potentially be able to make the leap directly from our academy to a big pro squad.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, I mean, this is everything that you want um, if you want to see this club succeed and in, in grow soccer in the state of Arizona. I mean, this is this is how you do it. This is the way to get it done. And it's, I mean, it's, this just shows to me the commitment of this ownership group. And, you know, these guys truly do love the game of soccer. They, they want to see, you know, the growth of it. They want, like you said, w- w- there's a desire in this group to have players from Phoenix Rising, from Phoenix, Arizona, play for the U.S. men's national team and be the Christian Pulisic, like you talked about. I mean, by 2026, there could be a player... From you know the Phoenix Rising Academy that works his way into the you know U.S. Men's National Team, it is possible with these things in place. Um, it's it's going to be so exciting, man, and I'm really looking forward to it. And as you said, bringing in Steve Cook, this was clearly the plan all along, and to see it coming together so quickly and and you know how promising it is, it's it's amazing, and it's it's just a testament to how great this team is and how committed they really are.
0: Absolutely. And another uh, bit of Phoenix Rising news that was dropped within minutes of the developmental Academy news. Um, Rising announced that Landon Carter becomes the third player in club history to get a professional uh, Academy contract at the club, following in the footsteps of Brandon Keniston and Elijah Paul.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, a great great to see this happening and um now that you know you mention it this this is directly off of you know one of the players that you mentioned being signed by another club within uh within our city
0: yeah so keniston um actually got signed by fc arizona oh um, <laughs> well here's i'm the joking thing. here's <laughs> the thing like I you know this new ownership doesn't have the same bad blood that you know, the last one did. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm he, completely kidding. <laughs> he was never going to see the pitch with Phoenix this season. Once we brought in Eric Dick on loan... Uh-huh, yeah, you're right. You knew that he was never going to see the pitch. So now he's going to have a chance to get reps. You know, he's going to have a chance to get first string minutes. Um, And he's on loan, so he's still our guy in the long term. Um, It's just a chance for him to get that experience because he's still super young and then he can come back to Phoenix and, and maybe he can help FC Arizona advance to the second round of the U S open cup and set up a nice little Derby at the soccer complex and then play against his guys that he's practiced against.
1: Yeah, I would love it. I I think that would be, that would be perfect. I think for him, that would be, you know, a dream come true being able to play in the open cup, you know, for, against you know the club that his parent club um and you know be able to become the guy at FC Arizona I, that would be great for him great for his confidence and i mean i i was booing but it was it was all jokes i really really Love that we're able to see, you know, other clubs popping up here in the Valley and we can see the growth and see these players, you know, move on. And, and while they might not be playing for the club that we, we root for and we love deeply, it's still, you know, great to see them applying their trade close to home and growing the game here. And I mean, the, all, and the way that I see it, every single professional player that comes out of Phoenix just helps, you know, grow this game and helps young kids know that it is possible and they can do it. So it's so exciting to see. And like you said, I'm hoping that we're able to, uh, to come up against him in the Open Cup and you know he can show off what he's learned on the training grounds.
0: And it looks like uh, Brandon Keniston did get the start last night for FC Arizona. So they they put him right in there, and he is definitely part of their plans. Um, and it looks like they even got a 1-0 win, so he's immediately making a difference there. Hey,
1: shout out in his debut. That's I mean, that's what you want as a keeper.
0: Uh, Another thing that's kind of interesting, it looks like FC Arizona will be in the same league as Sporting Arizona this season, so we'll actually get to see a nice little local derby. And, and that's, I
1: mean, that's awesome. You know, it's been a bummer, I think, in the years past that you haven't seen these clubs come up against each other as much and gotten, you know, to to get their fans together for a good old derby. And um, it's going to be great to see. I'll, I'll hope, you know, to be able to make it to one, at least one of those matches when they play because um, it's always fun to watch, you know, local teams come up against each other. And it's this is just more proof that, you know, soccer is growing here in the state of Arizona.
0: Yeah um so that's pretty much that's pretty much what we got for this episode are, are you ready to get to final thoughts <clears> hey <throat> hell yeah um do you want to go
1: first or what absolutely yeah yeah so my my final thoughts are i, I mean i said it earlier you can't You can't read too much into this result. 6-1 is an amazing scoreline. But, uh, I mean, you also have to look at, you know, who the opponents were. Were they at our level? Absolutely not. But, I mean, to start this season off with such a confidence-building win is great. These players, they've proven that they're ready. And I'm really, you know, just so confident coming into next week the result you know really i think shows that we're able to go out there keep our foot on the gas and close out these games now can we do it against you know more level opponent against a team that you know we have you know unpleasant memories of that are quite recent are we able to you know take those and turn those into fuel and, and crank it up? I really think so, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it, man. It's so great that this season's underway, and I'm just looking forward to watching as much uh, Phoenix Rising football as I can.
0: Yeah, the wait was agonizing, um, those matches against MLS teams gets you a nice taste of it, but then you see the, uh, the last preseason matches against New Mexico and El Paso, and you're like, oh, man, what's it going to be like when it's really happening for real? And... The guys definitely showed up and put on a vintage performance. It's true we can't read too much into last night's match. You have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because I think most teams in this conference would have won that match by multiple goals. But uh, to crush them the way we did says a lot about um, the impact that Rufat will have this season. Um, We'll answer some questions about maybe Solo's lost a step. Kind of puts that to doubt. And Now we going to we'll get to have a couple huge tests at Monarchs at San Antonio. If they can get at least one win from those two matches, we're looking really good coming into a great home match on March 28th. So um, that's kind of what we got to look forward to now is really getting a step up in competition and seeing how the guys do.
1: Absolutely, man. I'm look I'm looking forward to all of it. Like you said, if we can get one win out of those two, that's that's perfect. So, you just got to keep, you know, keep keep our foot on the gas at this point. Keep going. Don't uh don't, you know, get too far ahead of ourselves. We still have Over 30 games to play. Actually, probably close to 40 games left to play. So you just got to keep it going, take it game by game. But right now, it's looking so promising for this club. And uh, I'm just excited, you know, to to watch these next two matches um, at home and then, you know, get back out to, you know, Casino Arizona Field as soon as possible.
0: No doubt. Well, that will just about do it for today. Um, We might throw a preview or two in has little special episodes i do have someone i might be able to talk to for the monarchs one and then same for san antonio i'm pretty sure i'll be able to do a little preview with uh one of our loyal listeners um at ram and cole um pretty diehard san antonio fans so you can look forward to that content and then we'll have a full episode in two weeks after both those matches Sounds great. Talk to you guys soon. Uprising. Uprising. Sponsored by the Arizona Sports Complex, home of the North Phoenix Soccer League, Summer Futsal, Box Lacrosse League, and Summer High School Advanced League. Please visit the Arizona Sports Complex and tell them the Rising's One podcast sent you. This episode is brought to you by Roughnecks Scarves and Golden Gold Press. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just yourself and your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price from other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Thanks also to the Beautiful Game Network and all the other excellent podcasts that you can find covering soccer and all things USL.